I have to say that coming out to that music is pretty much the best thing ever. Like, we should do that all the time. Maybe in the back room, I'll be like, we need to have the Avenger music. You just feel like, yes, I can take on the world. (laughs) Welcome to Cape Christian. (laughs) I am so glad that you guys are here. We are in the Heroes series, and this is week four. And this week, we are looking at all of the heroes. I mean, this whole idea of the hero series is that there is in Hebrews, the 11th chapter, something that we call the Hall of Faith. And it lists all these stories, these old ancient stories, and they're heroes. And we are taking those and we're saying, what can we learn from them? And in Hebrews 11.1, it starts with this statement. It says this, that faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. That's what faith is. Now, for those of you who are crafty or you're builders or you're artsy, I mean, even if it's with food, even if you can make beautiful things with food, you know that this is true because faith is something that you don't see something, but you have the vision in your mind, you have the expectation, and then you're able to bring that into reality. And that's what we're talking about. Now this week for our social media question, we asked this, what was your last DIY project? And this was what we got. Send us a photo. Isn't that nice? Look at that nice gazebo, looking in the backyard, the next one. I really love that, very nice. Whoever that was, good job. I love that, love the red. And this one, there's some craftsmanship happening here, right? Yeah, I could just hear the tools in this picture right there. Now, I am not someone who builds and I'm definitely not crafty at all. And um, I do love Pinterest though. And Pinterest is a great place where you can get the vision. You can get, you know, the vision, the expectation of what is possible. But I have to tell you that when the, the phrase Pinterest fail came along, I was like, oh, I found my people. <laughs> I'm so glad that, to have you here because, and for me especially, it's baking. I am not a baker. And this is what my, if I try this, this is expectation and reality. Even worse is when it's Christmas cookies for me, this is what they end up looking like. It's so sad, and when my boys were little, I would make these, and luckily they didn't care. I just put lots of um, frosting on it. They looked more like that. I mean, here, this is what we have. Expectation, reality. Expectation, reality. Now, here's where faith comes in. It comes in right here on that line. Because you have the expectation, you can see it. You gotta have the faith to try it, and then you'll have the reality of what comes out of it. That's what we're doing. It is expectation, faith, and reality. Now, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. That is what it is. And it doesn't just apply to projects or cooking or creative things. It actually applies to our lives. Now, I know that we all have expectation about our lives. You have a vision. You had an idea about what your life would be or what you could do in your life or maybe when you were five years old and somebody asked you what you were gonna be and you were like, I'm a veterinarian. I'm gonna be in a veterinarian when I grow up. And then you looked at it and you said, there's no way I want to do that with my life. 
because that's like a lot. That's like medicine, and I don't want to do surgery. I just want to cuddle. Uh, okay, so I don't want to do that. And your life turns out different than what you envision it to be. And we're, we have the expectation, and then we have the reality, and we can find ourselves really disappointed in the reality, really disheartened. That the, real, the reality that we are actually living in actually is so far than what we expected that we don't even know what to do. And that's where, and why is that? Well, it's because we're not the masters of our universe. We can't make every choice in our life. But more than that, I mean, we've got, even if we could, would we do that good of a job? <laughs> but we live with people in a world that's broken. And I'm broken, and you're broken, and your choices impact my life, and my choices impact your life. That's the reason that so often the expectation and the reality don't line up. What is a hero? That's what we're asking. What is a hero? Now, my favorite quote about what a hero is comes from the original Superman, Christopher Reeve. That is him. If you are too young to know who this is, you need to go back and watch these movies. They're fantastic. You will not be disappointed. Now, what I know about this man is that when he was 43, he had an accident jumping his horse, and he broke his neck, and he ended up being a paraplegic until he passed away when he was 53. This is why I like his quote, and this is his quote. He says, a hero is an ordinary individual who finds the strength to persevere and endure in spite of overwhelming circumstances. That's a hero, right? That is a hero. And today we're gonna to be talking about the hero, the ancient story of Noah and the ark. Because Noah was a man who found himself in overwhelming circumstances and he found the strength to persevere. He found a way to hold on to hope. He found a way to trust God. This is the story of Noah and you find it in Genesis six. So let's read it together. God saw that the human evil was out of control. People thought evil, imagined evil, 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 evil. From morning to night, God was sorry that he had made the human race in the first place. It broke his heart. God said, I'll get rid of my ruined cre creation and I'll make a clean sweep. Animals, snakes, bugs, birds, the works. I'm sorry I made them all. But Noah was different and God liked what he saw in Noah. This is a story of Noah. Noah was a good man, a man of integrity in his community. Noah walked with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And as far as God was concerned, the earth had become a sewer. There was violence everywhere, and God took one look and saw how bad it was. Everyone corrupt and corrupting. Life itself was corrupt to the core. God said to Noah, it's all over. It's the end of the human race. There's violence everywhere, and I'm making a clean sweep. So build yourself a ship from teakwood. Make rooms in it. Coat it with pitch inside and out. Make it 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Build a roof for it and put a window 18 inches from the top. Put a door on the side of the ship and make three decks, lower, middle, and upper. 
I'm going to bring a flood on the earth that will destroy everything alive under heaven. Total destruction. But I'm going to establish a covenant with you. You'll board the ship. Your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives will come on board with you. You're also to take of two of each living creature, a male and a female, on board to the ship and preserve their lives with you. Two of every species of bird, mammal, reptile, two of everything, so as to preserve their lives along with yours. Also, get all the food you'll need and store it up for you and for them. And Noah did everything God commanded him to do. This story that we're talking about is a story about leaning into your relationship with God when the world seems like it's going crazy all around you. It's a story about stepping out in faith and trusting God when he's asking you to be different, to live different, to do something different. It's about holding on to God when others don't understand what you're doing and not giving up when things get difficult. Noah was a man who found himself surrounded by increasing darkness, and he chose to hold on to hope. You know, I love verse 10 because it just says Noah walked with God. And walking, that's such a profound statement because when you walk, you're going somewhere, you're moving, you're walking. And I can just imagine Noah walking around his city, his neighborhood, his community, and seeing how dark it had become. And as he walked, you know, he asked God, what can I do? What should I do? How should I do that? You know, I remember, I remember walking with God and asking those same questions. It was about when the boys were little, so probably 15 years ago, we were working and ministering in Las Vegas, Nevada, Sin City, and we worked at two churches there for, we were in Sin City for about 12 years. The second church we worked at was right in the heart of old Las Vegas. That's what we called it, old Las Vegas. It was right down from the stratosphere and closer to Fremont Street than Caesar's Palace. And we were right off of Sahara and we were right in the area where we had the strip in front of us with all the multi-million dollar buildings. And then right behind that, we had all the low-income housing. We had all the places that the prostitutes and the drug dealers and the families that were just trying to scrape out a living lived. And we were working at a church that had this big campus. We had a great worship center and it had a preschool, an elementary school, and a high school on its property. And I remember I would walk from the worship center down to the gymnasium, to the high school building, when that's where we were working with the youth and with kids, and I would pray, God, because I could see it. You could see it all around you. I, I mean, Las Vegas is not shy about what's happening, <laughs> but it wasn't just the billboards. You saw people's lives. And I asked God, what can I do? What should we do? What can we do? And so when we look at what Noah did, when we look at the story of Noah, what do we learn from it? Well, we learn that one thing is that when you look around and you wanna make a difference in the lives around you, you can ask God, what do you want me to do? And God told Noah, he said, build something. I want you to build something. That's the start. I want you to build something. In verse 14, he said, build yourself a ship of teak wood, make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. You know, the desire 
to make a difference in people's lives comes from God. And if you have it in your heart and you feel it as you feel and you see things going and you are disturbed by what you see in your family, in your neighborhood, in your community, in your world, that comes from God and God has put you here on purpose for a purpose. You are where you are on purpose. Noah was, I mean, he came to Noah where he was. Do you know that God will come to you where you are? And he will say, will you build something? Will you, he said, build yourself something. He's gonna use what you already have. What do you have? Build it, bake it, write it. Whatever you can do, God will say, I'm gonna put your gifts to work and we're gonna build something. Now, while we were working at that church in Las Vegas, they decided to shut down the high school and we were praying about what we could do to bring light in the heart of darkness and decided that we could possibly flip that high school building into an outreach center. We were gonna build something. And you know, here's the thing is that when God comes to you and he says, I want you to build something, he brings himself. And when you build something with God, you get a God-sized vision and it comes with details. So as we, we were cleaning out these rooms and we were, it took us a good month just to clean out everything. And then we had this big empty building with lots of classrooms and a big gymnasium and offices. And what we did was we started to list out what every room was going to be. Because when you build something and that says, don't just build something, but build something with God. Know that he's your partner in it and he's gonna download a vision. He downloaded a vision for Noah. This is what he said. He said, make it 40, there it is, really detailed, right? 400 feet long, 75 feet wide. I mean, he gave him the details. And so when my husband and I and the team began to dream about this outreach center, we began to dream in details. And so I remember putting a list on every door. We named each room. This is going to be a rec room for teenagers. And we had to bulldoze a door. And then I started writing. I had a list of everything that we would need. We'd need couches. We'd need video games. We would need a pool table. We would need all these things. And then I went across the hall to the science, the lab. It was the science room. And we had a vision that that would become a fitness room. And so we had to demo those desks and sinks and we needed fitness equipment and we needed mirrors and we needed space for a class. We went, I had a vision for the library and that library was gonna become a kid's room where the kids could come in and they could play in a safe place. This is what city, the city impact center is what we were gonna call it. City Impact Center, a safe place for the people in Las Vegas. And I remember I even, there was this room way back in on the second floor, way back at the end, the last hallway. And I started collecting donations and it was donations for something called Fashion Share. And I was collecting women's clothing and shoes and purses and anything and everything I could think of so that if a woman, a mom needed to go on an interview for a job, she, that we could help her get whatever she needed to feel confident to make a change in her life. And I was collecting, like people were, I mean, the donations were coming in and I just had a room full of garbage bags of clothing and shoes. And I remember one of our youth group kids, one of our girls, I found out that her and her mom had been in a homeless shelter for two weeks. 
but she was so ashamed she didn't want to tell anybody, and she was starting school, and we found out, and I remember taking her up to that room and, like, climbing over garbage and, like, ripping them open and going, do you like this? And we got her four outfits that she got to take back to the shelter so that when she got on the bus, nobody knew that that was happening. It was good. Build something, build something with God. Build it with God. Now, you gotta know though, that when God gives you a big vision, it's probably gonna take a little bit of time. Noah, we're guessing, took about probably 40 to 75 years to build the ark, right? It is not gonna be easy when you step out and build something with God. It's going to take a lot of your time. It's gonna get boring, and you're gonna have to be faithful in the mundane. Every day, Noah just got up, and he just went, and he just started building, and he's building. And you know the people around him, they're not cheering him on. They're like, go, Noah. They're like, have you lost your mind? (laughs) He was building a ship on dry land, and there was, had never had a flood before. So they were like, what is wrong with you? Building something with God, it's not gonna be quick. It's gonna take everything that you have. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. About a year into trying to have the confidence for what we hoped for <laughs> and assurance of what we could not see, it was, I mean, I was just a year in and I was getting discouraged. People, we had prayed over the rooms, we had some donations in, but pretty much we were just living in a big empty building and it was just a shell of dreams. And it was winter and it was freezing in Las Vegas because Las Vegas does get cold. And when I told Pastor Corey that, he didn't believe me, so I have a picture to to prove it. This was Las Vegas, Nevada, people. It's not not one of those fake, It's not one of those fake pictures taken in the casino. This is taken outside in the park by our house. Now, granted, it only lasts for two days. The snow only lasts for two days. So there is that. But I was freezing and I was cold and I was discouraged. And I came to work and I, we were, our offices were in the gymnasium and my, hot, my office was next to my husband's office. And I was just like, God, I was feeling it. I was like, have we, have we lost our minds? Have we bitten off way more than we can chew? What are we doing here? And I remember as I was kind of being depressed, really, about the whole thing, I was listening and my husband had a man in his office and the man was asking his questions about all of what we were doing. And as he was asking him questions, I got really curious. So I got up and I went over to introduce myself and he introduced himself and he said, I'm really interested in what you guys are doing here. And I said, okay. And Bobby said, hey, let's take you on a tour. Can we do that? And he said, yes. And then he stood up and he was a giant. He was, he was like six, eight, maybe seven, two because he was a former NBA basketball player. It was the moment I went like, oh, hi. Okay, let's take you on this tour. And we took them all around to the library. And we said, this is, here's the list of what needs to be done here. And we're gonna take you up. This will be the fitness room. And this is the teenager's rec room. And this is the dream we have. And we would love for the, the stage in the gymnasium to be painted black. And we need new sound systems so that we can do outreaches here. And we were just walking around. And the truth is, is by that point, I was kind of bummed. I was kind of didn't even believe it because, you know, we had people that came and said, oh, this is great. And then they left and you never saw them again. And I was kind of like, and this is this and that is that. (laughs) And I was like, I was sad for myself. I'm like, get some energy, girl. But I just didn't expect. I figured that he would leave and we would never see him again. 
but he didn't leave. He actually invested, and he invested his influence, and he invested his time, and about a month later, one month later, he brought 400 people with all of the supplies. He brought the mayor of Las Vegas. He brought all of these local celebrities. And in one day, I saw every single room come into reality. Right? We saw something, and I learned so many lessons from that moment that an outreach center in the middle of Las Vegas and downtown Las Vegas is possible. We have a kid's room there. I got to see that gymnasium we got to. Yes, we take people to the wall. They liked it. It was fun. It was a game, and I think they won. There's the gymnasium that we, that we were in. And in one day, seeing that God could take this dream, man, it just blew my mind. It blew my mind. And this is what I learned. When you're walking around with God and you see what's happening around you and it breaks your heart, it breaks God's heart too. When, you, when he invites you to build something with him, it's going to be something too big for you to do by yourself. You're gonna need some miracles to make it happen. But guess what? God does miracles. You will feel foolish and maybe like you've lost your mind. That's okay. Because when you let go of the vision, God will hold on to you. It's his vision. You are part of God's plan and it's going to take faith as in a verb, you're gonna have to do something and make it a reality to see it happen. What else can we learn from the story of Noah? And that's it, City Impact, that's actually a picture from today that's on their website. About a year after that, Bobby and I left because we were only there for God for that season to get it started. And I remember somebody asked us like, how could you leave that great dream? I'm like, because it's God's dream and he's got dreams for everyone all over the world. He moved us to another place so that we could build something with him. When we look at, it isn't just building something, when we look at this story with Noah, but we can learn that when he downloaded that detailed vision, he also told Noah to waterproof the ark. God just doesn't want you, he said this, he said in verse 14, code it with pitch on the inside and out. Make sure it doesn't sink. It's actually supposed to be a ship. <laughs> and it has to withstand the storm, not just any storm, the biggest storm the world has ever seen. When God asks you to build something with him, he's gonna ask you to build something that withstands the storm. Some of the things that I've built have lasted and some things haven't. But you know it has lasted, me. When God asks you to build something with him, he is more interested in a person than a thing. The ark was for a season. City impact was for a season in our life, but my relationship with God, that's what he's more interested in. Who I am, that's what he is interested in. When God asks you to build something with him, it grows you. When you have to step out in faith, you grow. You learn things like God can do something in one day that you had completely given up hope on. God is real, he is good. And he said, I want you to build something with me that withstands the storm and that is you. We have a code here, 
at Cape Christian that says we are faith-filled big thinkers. We dream big, celebrate big, and take big risks because we serve a big God. That is who we are. And Noah and the ark is the exact story for that. Now, the other thing is you gotta know this. God's gonna ask you to build something before the storm happens. And he's gonna start asking you to build now. He's gonna start challenging your life now. He wants to build your character now. He wants to give you a vision now. Because this seemed like a crazy story. Nothing about the story made any sense until the first drop fell. <laughs> and they're like, oh, totally get it now. If God's coming to you today and he's asking you to build something with him, step out in faith and do it. You gotta do it before the storm hits so that you can be ready to help others to do what God's asked you to do. Now, when I look at my life and I say, well, what is the pitch? What is the tar in my life? It's faith in God. It's the choice to believe in God, that he's good, and that God is what Jesus is like. It is the faith that he is going to give me what I need when I need it, and that he loves me. That is what is gonna waterproof my life as we go through the struggles, because here's the deal. What grows you? Not the easy times, not the good times, the hard times, the difficult times. Even better, the impossible times. Because that's when you find out God is real, and you find out he meets you in the darkness and can bring the light. I remember I wrote a quote in my very first Bible. I got saved. Well, I, I say that, but I surrendered my life to God. I started walking with God when I was 19 years old. And in my very first Bible, I remember I wrote a quote by Corey Ten Boom. And this is what it said. Look around, be distressed. Look inside, be depressed. Look to Jesus, be at rest. How do you waterproof your life? You look to Jesus. So we have the hall of faith in chapter 11 of Hebrews and chapter 12 starts with this. It says this, therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. There's another version that says the author and the finisher of your faith. He is the one that begins your faith journey. It is his love, it is his sacrifice, it is what he did for us, it is his reaching out to us. And then he helps grow your faith every step of the way. When you don't know how to look, you don't feel like you can lift your head up. Fix your eyes on Jesus. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. What was the joy set before him? You. Me. That was the joy that he saw that was set, was that you and I would have a relationship with him. That's what the whole thing, and he went right to the cross, absolutely in the heart of darkness, and destroyed it. And he says, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Yes, it's not gonna be easy. Look to him so you don't lose heart. Build something with God 
that withstands the storm. And what's the last thing that we learn from the story of Noah? Is that all of it is to rescue people. In verse 18, he says, I'm gonna establish a covenant with you. You will board the ship. Your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives will come on board with you. All of this was about people. All of this is about people. The ark was about saving Noah's family and restarting the human race, along with lots of animals, <laughs> which I'm kind of glad about because I, I do love it. I don't want to be a veterinarian, but I do love animals. God said, I will make a covenant with you, and God still makes covenants. He's still, all a covenant is a partnership. It's an alliance, it's a pledge that God says, I will come to you and you will come to me and together we can do something. Together we will live something. I'm gonna covenant with you that I will not abandon you, that I will give you everything that you need, that I will provide for you. And that where you are today does not mean where you might be tomorrow. Walk with me. It's an invitation to walk with me. It's about people. The ark was about saving people, about rescuing people. City impact is about rescuing people. It's not about a building. It's about people. This church is about people. It's about rescuing people. It's not about this building. In fact, we are right now in the middle of building something with God, and we're gonna withstand the storm because we wanna build a bigger building here right off of this, in this next piece of land here, it's ours. And it's a huge building, why? Yes, because we wanna reach more people. We wanna rescue people because we have a world of people who feel like they are surrounded by violence and they're surrounded by fear and that there is no hope and God has put us here to be a hope. Build something with God that withstands the storm and rescues people. That is what it is all about. What's a hero? A hero is an ordinary individual who finds the strength to persevere and endure in spite overwhelming circumstances. Do you know that Christopher Reeve, after his, af ac uh, after his accident, He lobbied for spinal or injury research. He worked hard for better insurance covering, coverage for people with disability. Even at a place, he did not expect that to happen to his life, and yet he did such important work because he decided to build something with God. And he was gonna withstand the storm of being a paraplegic and rescue others. That's a hero. That's a hero. And as an ordinary individual, you are a hero. God has a plan for you to join him. You are an ordinary, how many ordinary people are here? I'm ordinary. <laughs> Just ordinary. You don't have to actually be a superhero, even though the music is great. This is what the hall of faith in Hebrews says about Noah. It says, by faith, Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land. He was warned about something he couldn't see and acted on what he was told. The result, his family was saved and his act drew a sharp line between the evil of the unbelieving world and the rightness of the believing world. 
As a result, Noah became intimate with God. Why? Because God grew him. He stepped out in faith and he acted. Faith is a verb. You have expectations. Can I tell you that God has expectations for you? And those expectations that he has for your life are not based on what has happened to you or what anybody has told you or the struggles that you've had before or the things that you've done before. This isn't, his expectations are to create you and redeem you and rescue you so that you could live a life according to what he originally planned you to live. One without sin, one without fear. One where you don't have to fear death because he conquered it. After death, what do we have to fear? Let's build something with God that will withstand the storm and rescue people. You know, maybe today you are here or maybe you're listening to this and you're online and God is moving you to build something with him or maybe he already has. Maybe he's already been moving your heart and he said, I want you to do this. I want you to do this. Maybe you need to get out and get walking with God so you can look around and see what's going on and then ask him what you could do, what you should do and how you should do it. I guarantee he has a plan. If that's you today, and God's moving your heart to do something, to build something, to take a big risk, I'm gonna ask you to just repeat a simple prayer after me, just as that act of faith. So go ahead and close your eyes for just a moment. So it's just you and God. It's just between you and God. And just repeat after me. Dear God, use me however you want to where I am, show me your vision of hope and how you want me to be a part of the solution. I will step out in faith and do what you're asking me to do. I can't do it without you and I don't want to. In Jesus' name, amen, amen gonna get good Now maybe you're here and you didn't even know that God wants to walk with you you didn't even know that your life is so valuable to God that he sent his son to die for you so that you could be free to become who he created you to be and that he invites you into a relationship with you all of this starts with an invitation from him and he says come walk with me come walk with me come have a relationship with me you were made for it And if today is that day, if you're like, I don't have a relationship with God at all, just take first steps. Just take the first step. And all that first step is, is receiving the invitation, is asking him to forgive you. Asking him to use you, to make a difference in people's lives. Asking him that you wanna build something with God will withstand the storm and rescue people. If that's you or if you're online, I'm gonna ask you to join me in a simple prayer. Just repeat after me this prayer. Say this, today I wanna walk with God. I want to know you, God. I want to become who you created me to be. 
I receive the gift of salvation. God, forgive me. Wash me clean. God, that the past would be the past and the sins would be forgiven. And that I could walk forward into a future that you have dreamed for me. I can't do it alone. And I don't want to. This is my first step in walking with you. In Jesus' name, amen.